you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Mariota gives it to Henry. Henry bounces it outside. 5, 10, 15, stiff arm, 20, 25, 30, 40, stiff arm, 50, 40, 30. He's on his feet. Big chase, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Titans, 99 yards. <laughs> the longest run in franchise history. Forget franchise history, that's NFL history. The second 99-yard run, the disrespect that Derrick Henry showed. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense on the way to four touchdowns, a 30-9 victory on Thursday Night Football by the Titans over the Jaguars. I'm Greg Rosenthal. I'm with Chris Wesseling. We're going to get to previewing all the Week 14 games in just a minute, but how do you feel, Wes, on a night we watched a play that I'm going to remind you about at your son's high school graduation? I'm going to say, do you remember that Thursday night we were you know, at work and Derek Henry ran for 99 yards? I told you I'd remind you about it in 20-something years. I'm going to hope that in 20-something years, when we run into each other, we're not going to talk Titans-Jaguars. No, well, my point is I'm going to say this game, if nothing else, you never know what you're going to get on a Thursday night. It provided one play that I think you will remember. And now that I've said it, and and our listeners, we're going to be still doing this podcast at that point, by the way. We're going to be in our late 60s. Wow. We're going to be in our late 60s. I'm happy to be alive. And all of our listeners that are listening to me now, just put like a little reminder and say, hey, remind Greg uh, (laughs) to remind Wes about that touchdown uh, when old Barnaby Wesseling is graduating high school with a (laughs) (laughs) 4.0. Can't imagine the Paramore going for Barnaby (laughs) Wesseling. I mean, uh, hey, I mean, what more could you ask from, from Titans Jags, which I was not, you know, Got to ask for the same Jaguars defense from last week to show up, but that didn't happen. No. You could have asked, yeah, for a close game, but at least you got an exciting performance. Does it make you feel any different about the Titans to see them have a game like this? We've seen a couple where they put it all together. No, it doesn't. I think that that was a very poor defensive effort by the Jaguars. Mm. And I think this Jaguars defense tends to go as the offense goes. Yes. And when Leonard Fournette got stuffed at the end of a 14-play drive that would have given Jacksonville a chance to take the lead, even though they were being outplayed by the Titans, it just felt like they packed it in for the night. I, I get, yeah, but that, that's a tough one. because, and, and you're right, but people said that when they were in Buffalo, the, the defense kind of gave up. Well, it's but, not but the first a sh- time they had a shutout four or five days ago. I know it was at home. Well, the, yeah, this is on the road on a short week and, you know, in, in the middle of by the way, in the last month of a lost season. Yep, it's all fair, and it's a it's a tough spot they were in. But I don't think A.J. Boye at the be- beginning of that play with that Henry made the 99-yard run, which is one play after the Titans defense stuffed Leonard Fournette, a- as you mentioned. I'm, I'm more referring to— He's not, he's not to, trying to not tackle. Uh, Miles Jack—I mean, Derrick Henry, once he gets going, he's a tough man to bring down. Uh, not the 99-yard run. I'm, I'm referring to the back-to-back jaunts through the heart or lack thereof of the Jaguars defense in the middle of the third quarter that sealed the game and turned it into a laugher. 
Yeah, and you're right. The uh, the Jaguars' defense, who I thought overall has played pretty well since since their bye, didn't have a, a lot going on. Because it was a night, even Marcus Mariota had a killer interception, didn't really have to do much. But the Titans' defensive line won up front on both sides of the ball. I mean, they crushed poor Cody Kessler. I don't think Cody Kessler you know, as a future star or anything, but he did not have much of a chance tonight with the lack of a running game and the total lack of offensive line play that the Jags well, had. They now have one touchdown in his eight quarters. <laughs> and I thought that the sequence with that four net being stuffed at the goal line really represents the futility of this offense, especially the offensive line. Right. They're running behind Eric Flowers and Patrick o- Omama, who were released by the Giants like a month ago. Like, that's, that's the left side of the Jaguars' line. They used to be the right side of the Giants' offensive line oh my when gosh. the Giants were considered to have the worst offensive line in the league. That reminds me because there was a play where both of those guys missed their blocks and Carlos Hyde got absolutely blown up. And how do you pronounce his name? Oma. Oma. Oma my? I don't know. He tried to go help Hyde up, and Hyde was so annoyed at him, he just kind of glared at him and stood up on his own because everyone's annoyed with the offensive line. The Titans are are a frustrating team to watch, they're not exciting, and yet they have the Giants next week. That's and, not, and then the reeling Redskins. And then the Redskins. And, and then they close with the Colts at home in a game that both the Colts and the Titans will hope things mm. break enough that it would be like a winner-go-home type of game. Right. But that would include that would involve the Ravens. I gotta and say a though, I don't know. There's not many really, other than the Ravens. None of these AFC wildcard uh, contenders get me too excited, especially after the injuries in Denver. So, I don't know. We might see another Marcus Mariota play, uh, you know, in the playoffs this year. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Henry broke Chris Johnson's single game rushing yards record with 238 yards on 17 carries, the fewest ever carries to get that many yards. He gave us something to cheer about, and uh, hopefully week 14 has, has more of that in store and uh, to look ahead to it all on a nice, beefy show. Let's send it over to Danny Hansis. The Around the NFL podcast. Still don't know the difference between intra and inter. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. We back at the top of the show. You heard the great Chris Wessling and, and Greg Rosenthal break down Jags Titans. But we're not through. We're just getting started. All the week 14 action, Mark. And I know you're pumped. I wanted to see how My long dog, it could go. My dog, Mark, with a C. <laughs> I wonder if he still even knows who I am, but I, I assume he does. Uh, I wanted to see how long it go without talking this show, and you, you blew up my, my plan. <laughs> oh, bummer. You brought Sorry me in that. right away. Always an interesting strategy for an audio podcast. <laughs> well, Greg, you have your glasses on today? <laughs> yeah, my contacts are bothering me, and uh, the reason you can't really wear glasses in L.A. is it's always sunny, but not today. Ooh. Rainy, no sun. I love uh, it. It's cool. I love this miserable weather. It reminds me of home. Cold and rain, and nobody wants to be outside. Everybody's kind of in a bad mood. Yeah, but you like you essentially just walk to your car. Like for those of us that Uber, you know, Wes and I often mm-hmm. do that. You get stuck, and then suddenly the Uber that tells you it's three minutes away, it's it's sitting in a parking lot, and so it's actually like nine minutes away, and you are a soaking hot mess, one hundred feet from the work front door. Sounds pretty hot. Call though. your Uber from inside and wait. <laughs> Such an <laughs> like, easy why solution. would you call so it? I sit outside in the rain. <laughs> That's a fair point. 
Uh, coming up on today's show. Oh, that's the siren. You know, the air horn means the uh, 26-hour window uh, to negotiate who gets to be closest to Wes uh, as a groomsman has expired. So I will, I will take that vacancy. I will be closest to Wes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't now know that we are a thing. part of the wedding party, Wes was so uh, nice to, to, to offer it to us yesterday. We, we accepted. And now that that window is closed, it's all a first come, first serve. So I will be closest to Wes in terms of the heroes in this room. I mean, the assumption that you have any control over this, because there's probably four or five handlers, including uh, the paramour, who is going to be very hooked into, like, the, the line needs to be done by height. I uh, spoke to her. Well, first of all, all right. Well, then, first of all, the best <laughs> man my is, argument. is, you know, first. So that's been confirmed. Who that is? I said only in this room. Right. I want to be closest. Uh, I want to be better than you guys, basically. <laughs> when Wes, I, the most important moment in Wes's life. I mean, I, I do remember. I want to be close. I do remember as as a impending groom. What I liked are like friends or family or just anyone else that wants to tell me anything about how to do the wedding. Like, it's that's it's helpful. Those are right. the friends and the groomsmen that I really appreciate. <laughs> Like super high maintenance groomsman that Wes a month from now is already regretting involving in this. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I am all for Dan's philosophy of just do things the way you want them, and we don't have to be by height or matched no, with no, no. the women in the party or whatever. No, I'm gonna get in. I don't like all these this. rules. Yeah, let's just have fun. Yeah, you look over and I'll just shoot yeah. you a little wink. Yeah, I'm like not like not Dan and. Like, it would never even cross my mind that that's better to be closer or not, right? Isn't that how most humans think? Well, also, you are, you're in a tough spot because you know you're in a 50-50 scenario. You're either going to be closest or furthest because you're height. So you, you're not going to be in the middle. But why would I give a censor? Either way. I don't know. I mean, Dan, it's... Why would anyone give a censor? Right, it sort of sounds like, in your mind... You this... heard the air horn. It's official. I mean, but it, it feels slightly like this, this one day that Wes and Lakeisha have been waiting their entire lifetimes for, in your mind, has a little bit more to do with you and how you're presented in front of a large crowd of people. Yeah. That's, I'd find that concerning. Well, Wes is fine with it. Yeah, everybody gets to put on a show, yeah. not just why do people think, get married. Why, why do you think Wes made him a groomsman? <laughs> Look how close we are right now. It's going to be just like the podcast. Well, let's see I'll if we all get there with the way this We is. should all be putting on a show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the games. Uh, we'll start with the uh, 1 o'clock games uh, and uh, an AFC East showdown of epic proportions. It is my 3-9 and nine New York Jets riding a six-game losing streak uh, up against the Buffalo Bills who uh, found a way to lose, Mark, uh, last week against the Dolphins, but have been uh, competitive in recent weeks and even uh, spanked the Jets three weeks ago by 30 points, a 31-point win at the Meadowlands. Uh, the only difference between that game and this, other than Kelvin Benjamin not being around, is Sam Darnold is going to play for the Jets. Well, and I'd like to see that make a big difference. And I'm not sure that it will because I get that this Jets team is a, a raging disaster at this point. But, you know, when these guys got drafted, this is what you wanted to see in the NFC East. You wanted to see Sam Darnold versus Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen has carved out this uh, fascinating little niche for himself where he's essentially just an insane runner who has outgained Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Todd Gurley over the last two weeks. I mean, he's an incomplete product through the air, but does some great stuff. But come on. How about Jets? Do something to stop the bleeding, and poor Dan's dad, 
who having to listen to his last wrap-up, I feel concerned for his well-being out there on the East Coast, having to deal with this product week after week. I, you're going to clean everyone out. It's a tough order to deal with Buffalo's defense in Buffalo. But come on, Jeremy Bates. Take the handcuffs off and show us something down the stretch with Sam Darnold. Give, give you something to go into the offseason with. It irritates me how they run this offense when Darnold's been in there. It's been uh, – Bates isn't coming back. This is not going to be a Jim Bob Cooter situation where the coach gets fired but the OC stays. It's going to be a total house cleaning. So you wonder, even, even as a Jets fan, you want Darnold back in the lineup. You want him to continue to get reps and hopefully uh, end, the no, uh, end the season on a, on a good note. But I don't know how much carryover there is because the whole thing's going to be blown up. I'm at the point now where it's like, just don't get hurt. Please. No serious injury. And that's the most I can ask for, which is not but a lot. A couple games can change so much. Four games is a is a long time in the NFL. So you could Geno Smith, two thousand right. You could you could feel a lot different if he starts uh, Sam Darnold making the progress that I think I'm not being too optimistic to believe that Josh Allen started to make the last couple weeks. I'm not saying he looks like a future star or anything, but I think you can see some incremental progress, not just that he's making some plays, but that he's he's doing some things you would expect an NFL quarterback to do a little bit better. And if you're a Bills fan, I think you have to be happy because uh, unlike uh, Jeremy Bates and the Bill and the Jets, I think this Bills staff is returning. I mean, I don't, you never know about the offense, but I remember early in the year, you were wondering, Dan, if McDermott could be gone. There's no mm. way he's, he's gone. No, probably not. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the 6-6 six and six Carolina Panthers, losers of four in a row, travel to Cleveland to face the Browns. The Browns, uh, uh, after two straight wins, uh, kind of got smacked down by the, the Texans, uh, so they were humbled a bit. They fall to 4-7-1, and one, and they are uh, – are they in the hunt? Are, would they be in your in the hunt, the Browns, at this point? No, no. They, they are no, no longer in the hunt. They they're had a chance hunt. to get into it if they won last week, and now they're done. It's the goal, get um, into, in the hunt. <laughs> and then, um, Wes, on the Panther side of it, who do you is, who's the most to blame for this four-game losing streak that has really turned the season upside down? Well, I would say in three of the four losses, or at least two of the four, bad luck was, is to blame. But also Cam Newton's sore shoulder – the chickens are coming home to roost here. He His passer rating has dropped precipitously over the past four weeks and under pressure situations and um, sideline throws and throwing on the run. In almost every category where you can measure arm strength, his passer rating has dropped. Mm. And it matches what we saw on film this week that he can't make some of these throws, especially when the pocket is muddy. He needs to be able to – to step into the throw, get his whole body into it in order to make the throws. This is a major injury, I think. I mean, there's questions about off-season surgery. He had this shoulder operated on a couple years ago. And so, I, is it one more loss and the Panthers potentially shut him down? Or are you going to try to keep him in there hoping to salvage what certainly appears like a lost season to begin with? Well, I think eight, I think they would wait until they're out of contention, especially with Ron Rivera fighting for his job. I don't think Ron Rivera should lose his job by the way, because I think 
that Norv Turner's on to something here and that they should continue on that path. And that over the last six, seven years, Rivera is about as good a difference-making defensive head coach as there is, or at least he's up there. And I just don't think it's worth blowing it up unless you're this new owner that has like a great idea of what to do. But they, I would say the biggest problem is that they don't create pressure. I'm thinking of a couple plays in their loss, who was it to, Seattle, where they blitz, which is not something you know they're known to do, and they still couldn't get pressure, and Russell Wilson picked them apart. Early in last week's game, could not get pressure on Jameis Winston, uh, and ultimately they're not a good pass rush team, and that's what they've been over the years. They're not the Panthers we knew. And keep an eye, Mark, to your point on Carolina here. If they can't beat the Browns, and it is no no shame now to go to Cleveland and lose, the Browns are a team on the rise, uh, inconsistent, but they could beat uh, a lot of teams in their building. If they lose this week, they go 6-7. and seven. I agree. Unless Newton is hurting more or has a setback, he'll probably start. But then you got New Orleans the next week. If they don't win that game, if they drop to 6-8, and eight, I would imagine they would shut Newton down and begin what could be a really tough and uh, offseason filled with question marks because they twice operated on shoulder. That's like Chad Pennington's situation right. uh, for a quarterback, and you wonder if he'll ever get it back. The one uh, bright spot that I see in this matchup for Carolina is – Watching the way that Cleveland was gashed on the ground early on by the Texans on the run, they just, I don't know if it was the scheme, they had these, this deep safety thing going on, but it was embarrassing. You haven't, they haven't really had that happen to them that way, even though they're the 28th run defense. It was an embarrassing first half the way that they played defense last week, and Christian McCaffrey's on fire. Uh, let's move on to two of the more disappointing teams in the NFC, the Atlanta Falcons, four and eight losers of four straight and the uh, Green Bay Packers four seven and one. Uh, they have lost five of six and that uh, slump cost Mike McCarthy his job. So it's Joe Feldman's first game, Greg Rosenthal as interim coach. There has been this idea. You see it on Twitter that Aaron Rodgers might take off now that this could be a change of scenery that sends the Packers uh, off and running. But at what point do we just give up the ghost of the Packers this season? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's because Joe Philbin's going to walk in there and inspire <laughs> the troops or anything. If anything, tying shoelaces, picking it, up bubble gum. It could happen because Aaron Rodgers is amazing. And he threw a ball 72 yards last week and no one even noticed in an actual game. And that he gets to play one of the what worst. What do you mean through it? The ball traveled 72 yards out of his hand in an NFL game. I don't know if I've ever seen that in my life. It's pretty good. It, even it was, he was sort of doing the thing where, like, if it was intercepted, it would have been an arm punt. He was just trying to throw it as far as he could. It almost felt like he was taking out all the aggression mm. from the Mike McCarthy era on that throw and just saying, screw you. But he could it, it could be a, a nice little Philbin narrative after this game because he's playing a team that's bad at so many different things, especially on defense. And that's why I'm going with this non-consequential game to lock it up. Mm. For the Packers. For the Packers. That's right. Everything's just a little bit sloppy with their offense right now. Rodgers himself wasn't setting his feet last game too often, fading away as, as he throws. A lot of balls at his receiver's shins. Josh Cohen on Twitter has a video of Jimmy Graham putting forth absolutely no effort whatsoever in his blocking assignments. It's one oh, of the most embarrassing games. A lot games. of pain. It's one of the most embarrassing films you'll see. Jimmy Graham just not even trying. Uh, Green Bay Packers wide receivers running very lazy routes, mm -hmm. sloppy routes, uh, no crispness to them whatsoever. Dan Orlovsky has a tweet on that. There's a lot going on about this Packers offense. Well, right? and on the flip side, I mean, Matt Ryan took an absolute beating against the Ravens last week. And there's they're talking about the, you know, the everyone from the head coach on down is like, we've got to find a way to 
protect him better. I mean, these. Well, speaking these of guys who could be shut down, he's on pace to be sacked more than he ever has in his life. He doesn't miss a game. Matt Ryan isn't that type of quarterback. But it, and with some of these teams, and let's say Greg does lock this up, they're four and nine, and and this guy gets sacked four or five more times. He's like, he's still your quarterback the next five years. Right. When do you just take the L? This offense, I don't know how many offenses I've seen that were so lively earlier in the year, it feels totally dead to me well, right they, now. They, dead. Their offensive line is terrible at pass protection. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. They're really not much of. I mean, they, there's almost nothing they do well other than they have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And Julio Jones is beat up. He's coming off his worst game, one of the worst games of his career, in fact, statistically. This was my NFC title game prediction. Might be more more people in this room's title prediction. I don't remember. Uh, we all, had, we the, all I had, had the Falcons. It's amazing there, these sure. two teams. Yeah, it's amazing it's this game doesn't mean anything. I mean, look, the Falcons score. It, it it is very much like. That offense that was driving people crazy last year. 16, 19, 17, 16. They just don't get in the end zone anymore. Let's move on. The Indianapolis Colts humbled in in Jacksonville last week. The big chlorine pool. Shut out 6 nothing, uh, And that dropped them to 6-6. Six and six. It snapped a five-game winning streak. So they have to get back in it. And they are in the race in the AFC. But they can't give away... Uh, another loss here, especially uh, against the Texans, who are very close to wrapping things up here in the AFC South. Mark, what do you think? I like this as the comeback player of the year bowl. Ooh. Oh, hey now. Got a little J.J. Like Watt action, some Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson. I think, it's, you know, the Colts issues go back. Prior. Yeah, Mark. Thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you can sell it that way alone. I, I don't, I'm not giving up on the Colts yet, but their issues go back prior to last week. They're, the earlier, the game before that, they were not hot on offense. And I don't, I wouldn't, this Texans defense is one of the reasons that Houston feels like a team kind of peaking at the right time. They're finally getting turnovers. It was, you know, Zach Cunningham had a pick six last week against the Browns. They victimized the Browns in the first half, four turnovers. And Justin Reed had a, that huge pick six two weeks ago or three weeks ago and then had a, nice had a huge fumble recovery against uh, Antonio Callaway last week that I thought really sort of sealed that game. Right, he's like the 12th-ranked safety by PFF. So their secondary is playing well. And, you know, last week they didn't really even need major highlight plays from J.J. Watt or Jadevian Clowney. They, they did it in other ways. And so another tough matchup for Indianapolis. Yeah, they're – Defense, their front seven is swarming right now, and I think their secondary hits as hard as any secondary in the league. They lay the wood, Tyron Matthew and Kareem Jackson especially. This is a must-win game for the Colts, and they're really banged up. T.Y. Hilton is dealing with a shoulder injury. Eric Ebron hasn't practiced this week. Dontrell Inman has an injury. Jack Doyle's out for the season. Ryan Kelly's not going to play in this game. So you're locking it up. I'm not locking oh. it up. I don't feel as a Colts supporter. I do not feel mm. good about this matchup because the Texans continue to get better and better every week. Mark, you already mentioned their running game, and I don't think that was just Cleveland's scheme. I think it's the Texans are running really well right now. It's been weeks in a row. I'm a, they, I'm they a little really bit bummed, you. Wes. I was a little bit excited for a team of West TL versus team of Zeus TL lockoff. I've got too much at stake. How I got, fun I got Mark hot on my trail. I got the subreddit board hot on my trail. I've got you coming up through. I, I can't. What's the can't spread here it. now? In uh, terms of you're asking us a game. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm two back. No, no, no. My Mark's bad. one back. Oh, Mark's only one back. Got it. Well, we'll have to the subreddit. We'll have to see if they. I mean, I'm bound to they do bought something a mirror, very stupid soon. I, I was told that they went to Home Depot. They went to Bed Bath and Beyond. They shopped around for the right deal. I, they got it. one of those full-length mirrors, you know, like the flattering ones where it's like, oh, 
I'm looking good in this mirror. Yeah. Uh, all, you know, all this work in the Peloton. It's, it's I mean, full-length mirror, you look good depending on who you are. It's not, not everyone looks good. <laughs> right, but it's one of those, you know, there are flattering mirrors. And that, they got one of those. And that's mm. good. And, and I don't know who they locked up this week. Uh, but if, they, if, if I respect their lockup, I will say, okay. You basically shamed in the them here. into a suicide mission. I did not. That was the, Hey, you take the Browns on the road against the hottest team in the league. That's your thing. Don't put that on there. There was a little bit of uh, listener versus Dan Heat on the Reddit board. Wait, so are you week. locking just this up? That's it. fine. We love each other. Just Sometimes you just got to be honest. I am going to lock up the Houston Texans mm. uh, because I mean, I've been doing it. I've been on this team for weeks and weeks, and, and I haven't been locking them up every week, and I feel like it's time to sync that up a little better. Can I help the subreddit out here with one little piece of information? Sure. The hanging onion is a totally different concept than the lockup. Mm, mm, you don't yeah. need to put both of them together. I think there was some confusion on that board that every lock has to be hanging onion. No, it does right. not. It does not. And okay. I, they were on you, I think, because you picked the Patriots at home, which I thought – Well, they can more take a, a flying leap. No, I thought took that as more of a bit on your part on some level. Not, well, not really. I do the mirror test, but I factor in uh, Greg's uh, – Vegas test as well, and it did pass. I mean, it's something to consider, and I, I'm surprised coming into this game. I, okay, I know one of the most fun things in the NFL right now is Deshaun Watson developing, I think, week after week. There was the first drive of last game, this third and 15 throw he threw from the pocket into a tight window. Some of the ways he's changing protection. Dan Orlovsky had a good uh, tweet about that. Like, Watson's getting better each and every week. But I, I'm kind of – I'm almost shook that Wes is so shook. Maybe he's mm. – You too, are, Wes. Maybe you he's too close – to the Colts that last week's performance, which was terrible. It was almost like the Jaguars had read all the nice stories about the Colts offensive line and mm. they're watching Baldy's breakdowns and whatnot. And they're like, please, we're going to destroy them for one week. But it was only one week. And, uh, you know, as like Tom Brady once said, are you going to lay down? Are you going to fight? Well, if this podcast was recorded <laughs> on Saturday and I had inf- information that T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron and Dontrell Edmond were mm. healthy, I would feel a lot different. But that's... You're already without Doyle. Yeah. And then if you if all three of those guys are are so banged up that they're game time decisions, I'm not I'm not putting my I mean my supports with the Colts, but I don't well, think they're going to be a really good It's more than people realize I think because of he was it wasn't just pass catching, it it's the way he helped in the run game too. Here's the thing, when these teams play, they've been very close. They were close earlier in the season, and I think the Colts have shown over a long enough period of time that we shouldn't give up on them this week and I don't know, like you know. Are you gonna? I don't know what you know. There, there's no owner there right now, like what what they're thinking in terms of the the roof or whatever. But I think that rain is traveling from Los Angeles to Houston, and at least the Colts keep this game close. Is this Greg Tim? Oh no! I thought you were taking that out. Now Erica's just surprising me. Never take that out. She works. This, Wait, is a, this is a field goal game at worst. How'd right you do now, last week? Right now, I did poor. I did poor. We're at three and four of the season. You I, but know. how'd you do last week? Oh, and two. Okay. Oh, Let me ask you. I mean, I mean the, the listeners should know this. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. By the way, they... listeners, don't hit me with like, ooh, I'm putting on, uh, I'm putting up uh, real cash. Based what do you on think this is, Greg, Greg? That's exactly what, what this segment is. is. Well, you're you're a... giving advice to gamblers. Well, you know what? You're idiots. I'm not even a coin would be doing better than I can, and you can pick favorites on uh, best bets. We're just trying to have some fun. We're bringing some rain, but it's a small sample size. They're gonna cover. I don't this know one. what they're gonna what cover to this one. Uh, speaking of shook, I think Greg shook a little bit. You don't have the. You seem not to have the confidence in the rain right now. 
No, I feel fine. It's a Sam go- champion. It's on a, a bad long day. thing. I I do. <laughs> you know, I I I do. Uh, I feel fine. But I would never never. It's kind of like fantasy football. You never listen to anyone else's. Uh, but it's right. not fantasy. It's real money. Yeah. <laughs> involving real human lives. Yeah, that's so. It's the opposite. You're a grown man. Make your own decisions yeah. after you consulting want, I, if you want data tips, from other people. If you want some tips, I've been having a good season picking games. I think for the, the health spread, of so the I'm not bit, worried about I, that. I think for the health yes, of the, of the, of the bit, you, you need a nice little two and a week here. If you're going to also unfurl a second one of these at some point during the show, I think <laughs> I think the bit is more just about like life's short. Like, could I could get I could die in the rain on the way home tonight? Like, would <laughs> I want to keep those rainmakers and that fun Gross. in my pocket? No. <laughs> I'm trying to find on the subreddit, by the way, who the who they locked up. I can't even figure it out. Anyway, let's move on. The Ravens, <clears throat> seven and five. They've won three straight, coming out of their bye. All three wins with Lamar Jackson behind center. Uh, but here is the biggest test for the kid, and and we got the Joe Flacco situation going on here too. Chris Wessling. Uh, he's practicing with that hip issue. But here is a real Young. test. Not a great defense. Again, Lamar Jackson doesn't hit a great defense, but a, a game where they're going to have to score points, and it's, this is not going to be 17-14. I, I love listening to Tony Romo because I learned something from him every time. And what I learned last week was he said, the Ravens' defense, the way they run their system, they are the best marriage of scheme and talent in the NFL. And – this game for the Chiefs is going to be an unbelievable test for their offense because the Ravens put more heat on quarterbacks than anyone else. According to Tony Romo, he thinks this is going to be a good matchup. Um, and I do too. I think it's a contrast in styles like the Cowboys and Saints. And the real problem with the Chiefs defense is they are dead last in run DVOA from Football Outsiders metrics. They don't stop anybody on the run. And the Ravens have about 715 yards rushing in the past three weeks compared to, I think, 166 for their opponents. It's unreal. That's one of the most lopsided stats I've seen lately. And they just they just made Doug Martin and Jalen Richard look like a nice little one-two combo. So you're right. I'd be a little – I was surprised coming well, out of Minus the, the multiple fumbles, but yeah. Each right. running back lost a fumble. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All three. That's fair. But they, they ran the ball well against the Chiefs. Like that defensive performance was concerning because they had been trending upwards, and that was one of their very worst of the season. I love this as sort of this ideological tussle because mm. the Ravens the last couple of weeks – I'm obviously not a Ravens fan, but I can get into a team when suddenly they're doing something real freaky like what this team is doing. But I'd still see a lot of mistakes from Lamar Jackson when they try to do something other than have him be one of the more fascinating guys to watch run the ball of our entire lifetime. I found it interesting that Football Outsiders tweeted that they're actually down in DVOA over the three weeks that Lamar Jackson has played. And they're way Yes, yeah. and they're way up in defense and special teams. Well, part of that is he turns the, he's been turning the ball over and yep. fumbling a ton even when he doesn't lose, lose the ball. And some of the, he's missed some open receivers, but as Romo pointed out, a lot of the reason the receivers are open is because of Lamar Jackson, because teams are trying to stop the run on third and five. So you can scheme up plays, and they're coming up with cool stuff each and every week that defenses really don't have uh, an answer for, at least right away. Like, it's putting a lot of pressure on this Ravens staff to kind of come up with new things every week, but they've been doing it. And I, I, I agree That's with That's what you. makes football fun. It, it is, and I agree with you. It is such an interesting uh, matchup when the Chiefs have the ball because the Ravens are blitzing every down. Like, they'll come after you first down, second down. It doesn't matter. If they get you, as Romo was saying, kind of into second and 11, like, they're coming. And the Chiefs' offensive line's been up and down. I mean, they haven't been any great shake. So if you're not getting any running game 
with Kareem Hunt no longer there, and you're into some long yardage situations, you could see Mahomes make some mistakes like he did in the Rams game. And I kind of like the Ravens to keep this one real interesting. This They're a little the strange. I think they miss Kareem Hunt through the air too, obviously. But I wonder, is this the kind of game where, you know, we talk about all the time, the old Madden or Tecmo game where you, you're playing your brother and you decide to get a, like a ground-heavy offense and just milk out the entire first quarter. And then, oh, by the way, there goes the second quarter, and you keep the ball out of the other team's hands. I, it's harder said than done, but this is a better option to keep the Chiefs off the field than a lot of other teams. Well, right they've now. been doing it. They have the most 10 10- plus play drives the Ravens do of any team in the NFL by a decent margin. They've scored points in in 18 consecutive quarters, I believe, Hmm. which is – that's the goal, right? But score every quarter. Eli's Eli's probably going to give it to one of you. I want this game. No, I'm not requesting this. You can have it, Greg. That ball ball control strategy, that works. But don't – if you fall behind 14-0 or 10-0 No, you've got to control the game. You cannot fall behind. I think that – if this game is close after a quarter, I think it will be a fun game. But I don't know. The Chiefs at home, I could see – This is a nice little MVP uh, potential moment here for Mahomes. Yeah, it is. Because you you take care of the Ravens after the week he had last week where he's throwing up just an insane amount of – people. hey, people ask us which Game Pass games to watch sometimes. Go watch that. Just watch the Chiefs on offense last yeah. week. It was so much I know much you guys fun. are both, and uh, I think Mark as well, have been saying Drew Brees is your MVP pick. But after week 13, he had to have closed the gap the way he played combined with uh, but Brees th- getting shut I, down. I totally agree with you because I, I, I'll always stick to the fact that it's, it's a story more than like a real scientific study, especially factoring in who votes. But it's like if you put that Saints game back in week two and they just kept doing what they were doing, no one would even remember. Right. But because it happens on Thursday night football, it's like, oh, Drew Brees isn't the MVP leader now potentially. It's just it sort I think of that drives me nuts. Well, I think they're 1A and 1B. I would probably. It's also a great race. No, it is a great yeah, race. I think Mahomes, no, it's the best race Mahomes in a long time. is setting records and he's doing things that you also just your eyes have never seen. So I well, think he's right there, 1A, 1B. Yeah, and I don't think you can just off the cuff keep saying that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the NFL anymore. Because That's I mean, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes' talent is up there with anyone. All right, let's move on. The New England Patriots. Nine and three, first place in the AFC East. They currently have the second seed in the AFC, which would mean a by for the ninth year in a row, I believe, Greg, if they can hold on to it. Uh, they travel to Miami to face the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins got by uh, the Bills barely last week, Greg. Uh, but Pats, this is Pat season. you know, And, and the kids, they do S-Z-E-N. Pat season. Uh, December football, they take care of business in this spot typically. They do, except not in this spot specifically being Miami. Miami's they've, troubles. They've lost four or right. five there. What? It's pretty amazing. This is the one team that seems to get under New England's skin year they, season. through many in this, eras. In this trip, right. They had a, a few big losses in the early Pats Dynasty area, era, and they had, they've had they now lost four or five there down in Miami. With what, that, what is Wes laughing? I'm laughing because it's around this time every year that we have to – Remember Ronnie Brown in the Wildcat? Yeah. <laughs> well, they also knocked New England That's out right. of the playoffs – or at least it was in that 2002 season after they won the Super Bowl. 16 years ago. Enjoy, there's not much to point to with, Although, with uh, New England. Real Pats fans will also remember, I think this is kind of in Miami. It was almost where the dynasty started, a week five game where uh, Troy Brown scored an overtime kickstart of that 2003 season. Erica remembers she was six years old back then. Uh, I, But I'm not worried about this game at all. I don't care about the four. Oh! 
I'm, I'm not. I. It's weird. Patriots fans are super panicky because their offense clearly isn't as good as it's been the entire decade. It's the worst Patriots offense since probably 09, which is, you know, it's it's relative. It's still pretty solid. Right. But I like that the way that they've changed gears and they've been way more aggressive defensively in terms of their blitzes. They're playing a little more of a defensive ball control game because they know it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors that it's all around the running backs. But it's OK. There's different ways to win games. Patriots won a lot of games last decade doing that, that sort of style. And I think they're doing it well right now. One thing that's happening with the Dolphins, this came out today that Xavier Howard has been awesome. We talked about him on Sunday's show is out, it sounds like, but there's talk that he may have undergone or will undergo surgery on his knee. It's a bad That's loss a for, big, for the big, Dolphins. This is as good as I've felt about the Patriots since week one. I, the way they're playing, and I don't think you can just like shut down the short passing game or just shut down the running game, and then you shut down the Patriots. That's like why. Like Greg said, you can, you can win it several ways with this offense. That's why I'm going to take the Patriots and lock them up. No, I'm not. I don't do that. That was funny. I like that. I Dan, Dan's hair was on fire. Yeah, I was. Second. I didn't I was say like, anything. Yikes! It was just okay. <laughs> Listen, it's a mirror. I I can't see what. I could, that would not I pass. Not look in the mirror. That would not pass the um, the point spread test. There. I don't care about that mirror, but I I the one of just you know varied self respect. It doesn't pass that. There is something to watch no. though. I think like Gronk. What about the Dolphins? Yeah, the Dolphins Get got out of here. outgained by They've only had a losing record one week all season. They're about to have it for two. Um, Bye-bye. Oh, one other th- one other question, Greg. I uh, read and I enjoyed your QB end- oh, index this you, week. Oh, thank you, yeah. And uh, you got Tommy Boy, uh, I believe, at nine, uh, the number nine quarterback. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, the whispers of gradual decline have, were really starting to percolate. What are you feeling about Tommy right now? I feel about the same as I felt with him all season, that it's not quite – I don't think it's the offense is on an upward trajectory. I think he's doing some some things you – you know, most teams would love out of their quarterback, but the vision and the certainly any plays down the field are not quite there. But that's okay. Like, if you remember, I mean, they won Super Bowls in 2003, 2004, and he wasn't really making those – sorts of plays they're they're more of a, a team that's getting a little tough you know right. what i mean he does have those sub i mean uh prior to 2007 or more what Six, his yeah. numbers are right now like that 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 period that's where okay he wasn't a dynamic like uh producer in terms of statistic numbers and then things blew up in 2007 well, part of it is gronk is coming off what greg bedard called the his worst game maybe in like a decade he old he he looked he was terrible blocking. Doesn't look right. Edelman is seems to be playing through an injury. But sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's not about one. It's about fifty three, and that's that's why. Like I, I almost oh, noticed it deep, was like right? it was like I, I came into the studio today and it was just like leaking a little bit. <laughs> like was it was it leaking? We're locked. We're, we're making it right on this game too. Uh, I know the name of the we're coming downstairs. <laughs> care that's nine points. Patriots go in there and they roll. All right. You Forget need, historic. You need a couple wins. I'm rooting for you. What I love I, is I, that. I like this segment, but what I, I know you don't think there's accountability on it, but you need a couple W's this week. At least one. Give us one. I, I'm Dr. Rainmaker. You got to go one and one. Or wait. some wins. Come on, doctor. <laughs> some some w- w. wins, not win. You need multiple. But it's also we're told each each week that one of our game previews is put on YouTube, and I just realized that was that one where I spent the entire time like leaning back in my chair and like stretching my legs and stuff. It's gonna be a total hit. 
Um, hey. Jewish doctor down in Miami? Give me a break. <laughs> Can't lose. <laughs> Gonna fit right During in. Hanukkah? Dr. Rainmaker. He's still calling for it's the song. Over. Censored. Light the candles. Censored. The office hours are open all weekend, baby. <laughs> You're going to lose your license right. if you don't start winning. Come join the celebration. Malpractice. <laughs> hey, speaking of the holidays, this holiday season, treat your family to world-class steaks, burgers, chops, and more with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a fifth-generation family-owned company with over 100 years of experience delivering perfectly aged beef hand-cut by Master Butchers. Master Butchers in Omaha. All beef is USDA inspected, and you even have the option to customize your cuts. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an amazing limited-time offer to my listeners. Hey, that's what the copy says. <laughs> I mean, you're always asking for the copy to be adjusted. You you could fine. request that to be a little bit more team oriented, but that's or you could just adjust it. Listen, you got to read the copy. That's what they ask for. Uh, in fact, look at this. Look, please read the bold points verbatim. It says right at the top. Feel free to personalize any anything else. Can people on this show use that code? When you go to omahasteaks.com and enter code AROUND into the search bar, this is for you, Wes, you'll get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package, originally $195. 74%? Yep. That's that's a hefty percentage. Absolutely, guys. Let's stay in business here, please. Now it's just $49.99. Order now and you'll get four hand-cut top sirloin steaks, two premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four kielbasa sausages, all beef meatballs, Four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin. Four caramel apple tartlets. Mark, that's for you. You can dig in on that. <laughs> yeah, Plus, give those to me. get four tartlets. more burgers for free. Get this limited time package for only $49.99 when you go to omahasteaks.com. Type around in the search bar and, and add the family gift package to your cart. I heard Mark Marin in his podcast read that same ad, and I almost see it like as a challenge because I feel like our listeners should be manlier and – like steaks more than, mm. than Mark did, Marin. We can take them down. Did Marin? Did they send Marin steaks? Mark, how do you feel? I'd love to have Greg the personalized. I don't. I didn't hear that. Yeah. With manliness. I think it's it's you know short sighted. It's a jump to conclusions. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It's also sexist. Like no one likes steak more than than my wife and many women. I think you've, too. you you so know, you really might have stepped ste- into in it. multiple ways. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's move on. NFC South matchup: the Saints at ten and two. Uh, travel to Tampa to face a frisky Bucks team, Mark. Five and seven. They've won two straight. Drew Brees, though, I, I buy into this. Some people say, oh, these are fake made-up sports narratives. I like teams that are angry. And they just got kind of humbled after a hot run. And now it's like, I don't want that team after they got shut down for the first time in two and a half months. Good luck to you, Bucks. So There's a couple games like that this week, and I, I agree with you. I have kind of been sort of just dismissing the Bucks here and there as a bit of a disaster, but I thought they played one of their more complete games last week. And they, you know, it came down to the end against Carolina, but they also in that game fumbled the ball at the goal line. It wouldn't have been nearly as close as it may have been at the end had that not gone uh, Carolina's way. I Still, though, despite the turnovers, that was a nice change for Tampa Bay to, you know, to wreak havoc against the Panthers with all the, with all the takeaways. But they still remain the team that is allowing the highest completion percentage in the league, the highest QB rating, and has gone. And here comes Drew Brees, and who's completing like 91% of his passes, roughly. <laughs> roughly. Well, that's close. Been better though over the last month. 
really the well, they got part, they have, part no, of it I, is their opponents, but I, I they think, got Levante David back last week, and Gerald McCoy came back the week before that. So yeah, I think they flipped healthy. the script a little bit. Last McCoy was week, the, so, the MVP of that game, and and that was I agree with you. That was their best game overall. You know, I thought Jameis Winston actually played a a clean. You, the, the things you kill him on, it was a different kind of type of performance from him. And so I don't think it's just to go in and blow out the Bucks type thing. Uh, I don't really see much of a home field advantage in Tampa Bay at all. And that the road is where maybe you can get Drew into Drew Brees' mind, I guess. But this isn't like, hey, the, here's what the Cowboys did. Let's go copy that formula because we're the Bucks. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to fall into the recency, recency bias trap here. The Saints should win by double digits in this game. What about it, outcome bias? Well, that's – I mean, yes, I like things that actually happen versus like, things that happen in other people's heads. Okay, they, they should. <laughs> they should. But but this is a tough matchup. And some matchups within the division – Why is it a tough matchup? Because the Bucks have beat them two straight. They beat them in Week 17 last year in a pretty big spot for the Saints, and the Saints couldn't get that done. That was the game of the century. I've brought you think up these are the same times. teams? No, they're not. Okay. But Dirk Cutter's four and three or three and two against Sean Payton. I'm just saying they've struggled against the Bucks. They lost. Their one of their losses this year is against the Bucks. It, it should be it maybe it's when we were to- in London. It's they're out- totally different team than they were in, in a- September. Absolutely. But I would say the Bucks defense is better, and if the Bucks can avoid turnovers, which they have the last two weeks, and this is a much tougher matchup for them. I, I think the Saints' eyes, because of those recent results, are wide open, that the Bucks are, are a dangerous team for them. That's all. Is there any way, let's say they Some division matchups off. like Dolphins-Pats, for whatever reason, it just it's insane that Dirk Cutter has a winning record against Sean Payton. It, it also there, might mean nothing. Is there any shot, if they ever pulled this upset over New Orleans, that Dirk Cutter keeps his job? Is there any way we move into another year of Dirk Cutter? Sure. If they go 8-8 eight and eight or something, he would have a shot, don't you think? He gone. By I don't way, think that's going to happen, this by is, the way. Uh, I'm just saying. This is, if you're listening to the show, you're probably aware. This is for almost every fantasy league, the opening uh, of the playoffs. And you're feeling good if you got Alvin Kamara because the Bucks get tore up. Now, McCoy's back, and that's that's important to keep in mind. But they are on a really bad streak, seven straight games, so their opponent has over 100 yards uh, rushing. So Kamara is set up well to do some damage. And Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram. Mark, Mark with, with a K. K. My dog, Mark with a C. <laughs> Eric is like, it is already the weekend in my world. <laughs> what is she doing? She's like swiping right She's back like writing there. writing in her diary. I'm pickier. Go left. Uh, let's it's like putting social up for the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Giants are 4-8. and eight. They've won 3-4. of four, But, well, when you start 1-7, and seven, it doesn't really matter. Uh, or does it? <laughs> they travel to D.C. Landover, to be specific, to face the Redskins, who are skidding. They're six and six, and oh my goodness, Chris Wessling, they have Alex Smith. He breaks his leg, and by the way, there's news—not great news. Uh, we don't know how terrible news, bad it is. Uh, but uh, there was a news today that came out that he's dealing with an infection in the area of where he suffered that broken leg. It was one of those gross injuries where the the bone goes through the skin and i i think that is complicating things perhaps in a spiral fracture which yeah, is about a total the worst mess kind of yet. down there and uh, i do remember going back to tom brady in 2008 he had an infection after his surgery remember there was a lot about yep. that and he ended up fine so hopefully same thing with alex smith it's just a part of the recovery process and a little bit of a setback but that's something to keep by the way he's in a hospital room next to colt mccoy i right. find that to be a pretty much a picture of the Redskins season. Yeah, that was part two of this, is that then Colt McCoy, uh, two weeks later, breaks his leg. Not as ghastly an injury, but it ends his season. So now it is Mark Sanchez 
against the New York Giants. Chris Wessling, how you feeling? Well, I thought about locking this up in the Giants' favor, but I couldn't look myself in the mirror. Ooh, They're a much better team than the Redskins are right now with Mark Sanchez and half a playbook. Mm. And their offensive line had another couple of injuries. You feel that strong? You should be making it rain this week because, you know, it's a pretty close little uh – Close little spread. Are there. we back well, here again? I'm saying no, we're not. I'm just saying if he's feeling so I good. I anoint you as my rainmaker. <laughs> um, but just get like Lucinda Williams playing for Wes when he does his rainmaker. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Landon Collins to IR, out for the year. But really, the what I really want to talk about with the Giants, Dan, yes. is the reigning special teams player of the week. Oh. And you know that ever since Graham Gano took a turn for the worse – there is a vacancy right there at the number two spot in the yeah. kicker rankings, right behind Justin Tucker. And I want to nominate Aldrick Rosas. Rosas! A guy built like a linebacker. He kicks Stack. him from 57. He kicks him from 40. He kicks him from anywhere. He'll tackle you on special teams. Excellent. This guy's money, and the players and coaches love him there, and he doesn't miss kicks. Dan just, like, reclined and unbuttoned the top of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. Uh, a, un, un a very nice kicker, him. a guy that's going to be, uh, you know, in a lost year for New York football, uh, the kickers have been good for both uh, New York teams. Yeah. Uh, so you have that going for you. Hey, and the kicking the elements. I like – I. Hey. I I do enjoy the section of the season where Eli Manning, out of spite, continues to ruin the draft pick of the man that will replace him. <laughs> it's like, smart. It's just like a fun part of the year. Morris said he's not as bad as you want him to be, and his I, and he's you know he is like the enough. Giants. He's the twenty third or fourth best. They didn't win last entity. week because of Eli. Uh, I, I I they're going to regret these wins. He had some bad plays. I think they're there not going to get their quarterback. In the I draft. think there is a chance um, that they'll keep Eli though and oh, draft yeah. and draft someone. There's a chance. Well, I'm fine as long as part two happens, <laughs> and not in round three. Not Kyle Laletta again. Another guy who's going to stop flying off the highway in week eight, getting upset at and, least and running away from cops. And I, I talked that. <laughs> That's what you build around. I talked on her Twitter show <laughs> that they shouldn't get rid of Jay Gruden, who I think's done a good job overall, and it, he's an offensive coach. But by the way, the Redskins defense, which has been pretty bad overall, is not that injured. And it's still a bad defense, as it's been throughout the Gruden era. So he doesn't deserve a pass for that. I have a deeply unpopular hot take, especially in this room. And it's even a little hard for me to say because because uh, my team's quarterback, but I don't think the Giants got their draft pick wrong. Who's the who's the that's best not player? Un, that? That's not unpopular in this room. I thought it was. I thought well, no, I don't I, subscribe I, to the theory I, that you have to take a certain position at a certain. I think play. that's a me thing, though. I would I would rather if I'm a Giants fan, but a lot of Giants fans disagree with this. So I think and Barkley is having a historic rookie season. I mean, Mayfield has been as good as advertised and maybe better with Cleveland. Uh, they did, but the Giants didn't have a choice to get Mayfield. Right. They took Saquon Barkley, and who knows with Sam Darnold or the other rookie quarterbacks. But what we've seen so far is that Barkley is a best-case scenario, generational superstar talent. I don't think they botched it. I, I would just say this. I think you can make you can make the right, but argument. you'll feel differently if Sam Darnold turns into who you think. It's, right. it's yes. so early, like you an, almost can't say it. Yes. So I I think they should have taken a quarterback there. I do too. I don't but think it has right. anything time, to do with Sam Darnold. You kind of need time to tell Barkley. how those other guys. But it does. Oh, it looks better now than it did in August. Especially because they seemed to put the message out there that we were in on Baker. But if we couldn't get Baker, then we weren't going to take a quarterback. And so they thought Baker, that there was a significant 
uh, gap between him. And if it turns out that they were right, then you're right. It also yeah. looks better because Darnold's been injured for a while, and we've forgotten about some of his better moments, and he's trapped in the Jets' offense where we have no idea what he well, is. Well, one, one thing that's different, which I, I wrote about on QB Index this week, there aren't that many teams that are looking for quarterbacks this offseason, so it might not be as hard for them to maneuver. I don't know what the dra- all of that. Uh, it's really just the the Giants, the Redskins, and the Jaguars that I think are like absolutely desperate, and the Giants and, have the worst record of those. And I have like, to say, same as the Jags. As where I grew up, and one of the frustrations of growing up as a Jets fan in Giants country, which is what uh, uh, the neighborhood and the town I grew up in was all Giants fans. They see they usually seem to get it right, and it would get me so mad that the Giants always seem to make the right decisions and the Jets always mess it up. So we'll see. Maybe they won't get a quarterback and it will be an abyss there for a decade. But let's see how it plays. Barkley's one of four running backs right now on pace for 2,000 yards from scrimmage. There, that That's never happened. I don't think the, and it's ever been three. Even Gurley, Zeke, McCaffrey, and Saquon. Uh, let's move on. The Cincinnati Bengals are 5-7. and seven. Uh, they went into their bye at 5-3 and three and have lost every game since. And uh, now they travel to the StubHub wow. Center. It might get loud. Hey, we might actually have a majority Chargers fans at the StubHub Center because who from Cincinnati is traveling to see this Bengals team, Greg Rosen? <laughs> they're not I mean, even or it could do, they could be masquerading as empty seats, but fair enough. They, they, uh, they're not even showing up in Cincinnati, those Bengals fans, and, and why would they? This is a, a dead team walking. So let's talk about these these chargers we we did the sunday night game last week and we enjoyed but one thing i i don't think we really talked about during the recap was in a season full of special derwin james games i mean that was a great statement for defensive rookie of the year i thought that was his best game of the year he did a little bit of everything and who's put, his competition darius leonard leighton vander bradley chubb mm-hmm. to me i to and me, this lander vander yeah. is rugged downhill thumping linebacker who sits atop an Erica list for defensive rookie of the year. He's a rugged, tall drink of water. Shut up. I'm doing something football related. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) To me, it's Derwin James and Vander Esch are the two. Oh, come on. You cannot leave Darius Leonard out of the conversation. Okay, have He's a, leading the NFL have tackles. Have a nice conversation. Hey, why? Hi, Darius. T- tell me why. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? Tell me why. Wow, that was a Tell me why. He leads the NFL tackles. He leads all okay. these linebackers in sacks. He leads them all in big plays. All right. All right. Well, how, how can he not be in the discussion? Go back down, Greg. Go back at him harder. Let's go to the lab. <laughs> that is ridiculous. How can you just take a guy out because you don't think he's He could be in it, but you only get one vote. And in my heart and mind, these two are among the best at their positions, rookie or not. And I'm not sure I'd put Le- I wouldn't put Leonard there. Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't really know. <laughs> is, is Greg still in the wedding party? Yeah, I just like why you can't just <laughs> remove a good player because he, you don't watch I, him I, enough or something. I don't no, know. I, I mean, I watch the Colts every week. To me, okay, you, he's been great. I don't think he's been as big of an all like first team all type of difference maker that Derwin James has been. And Van Der Esch has been a shooting star. It's only been five or six games, but he hasn't been at that level. And well, the Darius Leonard's been at Van Der Esch's level all year. See, it's disagree. just Van Der Esch who's catching up now. I would disagree. You're my Van Der Esch. I mean, I love Van Der Esch as much as anyone, but you that is what you're doing to Darius Leonard isn't right. That's, yeah. that's, that's fair. Prediction. Chargers win. That – I think the, t- the star of the game, a guy that we liked a lot last week, will be Justin Jackson on offense. But I predict a Joey Bosa explosion. Mm. Get the KC with this win. They shouldn't lose. Get a the KC explosion? without losing this game, mm. and we can. Good point. We can. Everyone is. He's gonna the blow Chargers. up Jeff Driscoll about five or six times. 
everyone's, two or three. everyone's patting the Chargers on the helmet as they as they should after that great comeback in Pittsburgh. But not do not do the Chargers thing and blow this game going no. to Casey. Well, Take care of business. No. No I, A.J. Green. Haven't done school that. Anderson. I'm a little worried long-term about their offensive line, but their matchups coming up, it might not hurt them. They're, they're starting to look a little more like those old Chargers offensive lines. Once upon a time, Chris Wessling fell in love with the Colts. That affair is over. He is now in bed with the Denver Broncos. Oh, wait. No, that's that's not, not true anymore either because Emmanuel Sanders blew his Achilles. In practice yesterday, I wasn't in bed with the Broncos since September. Now it's just like him and <laughs> I lost track. It's just him and Darius Leonard under the sheets having a conversation. <laughs> Ooh, you're in my conversation. These are like those middle school uh, relationships that out, last Greg. for like three or four weeks, and you feel like you've had like a real love affair. This uh, is it is one of you know we know each other so well by now. When Greg's a little bit annoyed, about 45 seconds and two minute passes, and then he'll come back at you with another. Well, he was in his his head was the brain was working on how no, to come back, would, how to like unseat Wesleyan. It's, it's less annoyed and just yeah, just trying to get the last word because I'm a jerk. <laughs> the uh, Broncos anyway, six and six, but yes, the the Sanders news and we talked about it on because the 49ers are playing out the string. As we discussed on Wednesday's podcast, the Emmanuel Sanders injury <laughs> is not okay. But I do think since all that Vance Joseph is uh, is is under fire business right before that Cardinals epic blowout over the Cardinals, they lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown. They lost to the Texans by two points on a last-second missed field goal. They knocked out the Steelers and Chargers and shredded the Bengals and Cardinals. And I feel like if you're John Elway or if you guys were John Elway, would you keep Vance Joseph or not? Is that, does it have anything to do with the coaching being improved? Or is it, no, this cannot work. We have got to move on. The, the last month of the season has to play out in order to, to say that. If they crater, if they just fall on their What if the season face? magically ended today and you had to make the decision today? Mm, I don't know. Stumped you. Because the, he's done a good job getting that defense to turn around, but his – his strategy at the end of halves and at the end of games yeah. is so bad that, mm-hmm. that I don't know. Seems to kill him with a decision almost every week. And one He's way or another. fifth in DVOA right now, the Broncos are, which is wild. Like, the, And there's a decent amount of, a decent gap between them and the next group, which is the Steelers, Bears, and Patriots. So they, they have been, to your point, they've played good teams tight. They've been unlucky with injuries. I mean, they're missing three-fifths of their offensive line. I do think, though, this is a matchup where – it is fair to criticize John Elway because the man that he hey. most strongly considered for that job other than Vance Joseph, or at least thought about, was on the other sideline, Kyle Oof. Shanahan. And I think that would have been the way to go. And there was some thought that Kyle Shanahan is going to want to do things his way and have a little too much say in personnel, and Elway didn't want to give up that control. A lot of hirings are made that way, trying to preserve your own power, but maybe that's not what's right for the whole organization. This regrets for John! <laughs> Let's move on. The Detroit Lions, four and eight. Uh, they've lost five of six. Uh, they travel to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Got that win in Green Bay last week. Probably helps Steve Wilkes, Chris Wessling. It definitely helps Steve Wilkes, who's, who who probably is the leading one and done contender at head coach in the league. But these are two rookie head coaches that have struggled in their first years. Yeah. Good luck guessing who's going to score in this game. The the Lions. Lone touchdown last week came on a coverage bust where Levine Toloilo set up a tackle-eligible touchdown to left tackle Taylor Decker. That was the Lions' offense last week. The Cardinals' offense was Josh Rosen with happy feet behind an offensive line that has five players on IR, one released, and another one not playing because he's injured. 
They're basically playing two rookies and three cast-offs on the offensive line. These are two of the worst offenses in the NFL, and I imagine Dr. Rainmaker might think it's gonna there's going to be drought conditions in this game. Mm. Ah, nice to play. <laughs> Basically. I'm not even sure what that means in the context of uh, no offense. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, hard to uh, no rain coming. I, I mean, I would I would take the lines on the road. People a little doesn't calm, calm down. Doesn't Doctor Rainmaker ever consider unders? No. I don't know. I'm they got to talk to the good doctor. That, about that, that is an aspect of what you're what you're all involved in here. You're wagering endless wagering. Mark, you sounded like you had wagering. a final thought on this game. Well, I couldn't agree more with the West that I thought the Lions defense gave the Rams trouble and Jared Goff trouble early on, but they couldn't get out of their own way. They were two for 11 on third down. Awful, awful watch. Bad job on third down by the Lions last week. All right, let's uh, move <laughs> All right, on. That'll be fine. <laughs> let's move on. No, it's, it's a fact. No, it's, you it's know. good to get that final point in. Um, before I've been we, struggling over the last couple seconds. <laughs> before we hit the home stretch of today's show, I did want to do a little housekeeping on the show. It, it Sometimes the Thursday show is tough, and then really the schedule of this podcast is tough because we don't get time to take care of some things. And one of the things that we need to take care of, because I think it's only fair, is reach out to Dave Ely uh, because he came on this podcast uh, multiple times, in fact, and pitched himself as the best man. Mm. And on Wednesday's show, not only did he not um, uh, was not an, um, among the um, people named as groomsmen, as is the case for myself, uh, Greg and Mark. Uh, we also learned the, the the best man has been selected. I don't know if that's public, but I can tell you that it's not Dave Ely. Dave Ely, not in the wedding party, so we, we should speak with him on that subject. Is that all right with you, Wes? Sure. I think he deserves the forum at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, let's dial him up, Erica. Got a call down to the newsroom. David. Hey Dave, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, you tell me. Um, it's going fine. I actually, um, I know what this is about, and I have a speech prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you don't mind, I'd like just to get my statements out of the way first. No, I, I, in setting this up, I said it's only fair that you do get this forum because obviously this is a crushing personal setback. Go ahead. Another. <laughs> the latest. Earlier today, I congratulated Lakeisha and Wes and offered to work with them on behalf of our country. I hope that Wes's best man will be a successful best man for all Americans. This is not the outcome I wanted or we worked so hard for, and I'm sorry we did not win this competition, for the values we share and the vision we hold for Wes and Lakeisha's wedding. <clears throat> I know how disappointed you feel because I feel it too, and so do maybe five other people on Twitter who invested their hopes and dreams in this effort. This is painful and it will be for a long time. But I want you to remember this. My campaign was never about one person or even one wedding. It was about the country we love and sparkling rosé for any and all occasions. What the hell is he talking about? A famous person once said, it sucks not to be Wes's best man, but it was an honor to be considered, even if only as a bit for a podcast. Mm. And it's that quote that gives me solace right now. May God bless you, and may God bless the Around the NFL podcast. God, I wish we had a leader like you, Dave. That was... Sitting in the big chair. That, that was sort of like Bobby Kennedy-esque uh, performance by David Ely. That was, I, that's big of you, buddy. Nervous West, yeah, like thoughts. Bobby Kennedy like at, at the end of a long night. <laughs> My takeaway from this is I, I've seen Dave's leadership up close and personal. It's something to behold. And for that reason, I am not surprised that he had four people along with him on Twitter for this, mm, yeah. for this venture. I, I'm impressed that you got four people. The Dave Ely hive runs deep. Well, I, I would consider myself – 
maybe a sixth in this. Uh, not to you know make throw it. me in there. Okay, a seventh yeah. with you with you Dan and Mark. Eighth. Because I think people forgot early on there was a lot of best man talk, but I took um I got involved in another conversation. I was taking plus three fifty. He doesn't even get invited. And well, um, make it rain. I mean, yeah, are we? Do we have a? Do we have a resolution on that? We don't have a re- resolution. Ooh, I'm, I'm not done. Good. I'm not done with the save the dates. Those those odds are dropping. Ely, well, I would try to get there as someone's date. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean that brings up another question because you just you look at, at the setbacks for Dave. I mean, you look at the college sweetheart and, and and she left him behind, and then Cam Newton and the Panthers censored the bet in the Super Bowl. Camp gives up in that game. They've never been the same. And now you just have to wonder after this latest setback, at what point, when does Charlie Brown kick the football? Uh, is, that from, is, that, is that rhetorical or are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> Good, answer. Good answer. <laughs> no, but it's like if your ex-girlfriend that dumped you, Ely, if she invited you to her wedding, would you go? I kind of feel like you would say no, and wouldn't it be the same way with Wes? Wouldn't it be too hard to see him up there at the altar? Um, I mean, I think slightly different circumstances, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it would um, it would be tough. Yeah, it would be tough. Yeah. She really hurt you. That's true. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, like, all right, I mean, Dave, we got to wrap this up. The, the pain with this one is more fresh, though. Yeah, that's true. It's like ripping off a bandaid. <laughs> it does bear the whiff of what happened with you and her, though. <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, it echoes you, are, back you, to are the, you are the expert there. <laughs> All right. We love you, Dave. Hang in there, and hopefully you do end up on that invite list. All right. Well, I'll be uh, checking my inbox. All right. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye, buddy. Hey, did you know that Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman? So we do. You'll find an ever-growing selection of mechanics, tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online, ready to help tackle projects throughout your home, like Craftsman's – wait a second. Wait a second. Whoa! Like the Craftsman's V20 cordless power tool lineup, which features a high-capacity lithium battery that's oh, part yeah. of Craftsman's interchangeable battery system. So it works with all the tools in their V20 lineup, giving you the runtime you need and the power you deserve, not to mention a longer cycle life, resulting in an extended battery life. You also want to check out the V20 brushless power tools, proudly made in the USA with global materials in Charlotte, the hometown of Dave Ely, North Carolina. These brushless motors deliver high efficiency and greater durability. Pair them with Craftsman Power Tools accessories like drill bits, saw blades, saw blades, two saw blades, and more. Lowe's is my new go-to destination, but all of our go-to destinations, where we can explore the latest innovative Craftsman products, including their new V20 Power Tool battery platform. Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman. Are you one of those people who always felt you could write a novel? You watch all these other people publish their books and wonder, what about me? What if we told you, you have that power too, even if you never wanted to write a book to begin with? The Novel Writing Shop in Encino, California has been churning out award-winning novelists since 2014. Our method is foolproof. If you're a working person, simply tell your employer you need three weeks off from work. Do it with confidence because we're about to change your life. If you don't work, but perhaps parent children full-time, tell friends and family to pick up the slack for the next 21 days. The Novel Writing Shop in Encino, California, will take it from there, putting you through our workshop, which guarantees, that's right, guarantees that you will exit after three weeks with a fully edited novel between 500 and 750 pages in length. I know what you're thinking. I've never written anything longer than maybe a term paper on the Cuban Missile Crisis. 
don't worry. Many clients come to us with no interest in writing whatsoever, nothing beyond emails and texts. Some of them do nothing more than sext people, but it doesn't matter. Oh. Every one of them exit the novel writing shop oh. in Encino, California, with a novel of at least 500 pages. And guess what? No less than 94% of these novels go on to be published in lucrative deals that lead to more work. You are guaranteed to become a public figure. So what you're really telling your employer is, see you later. Censored. Come on down to the novel writing shop in Encino, California, and find out who you really are. A lot to unpack in our ads today. That's a lot of promises there. A lot of promises. A lot of promise for the Dallas Cowboys. 7-5. First place in the NFC East. Winners of four in a row. They host the Philadelphia Eagles in a late game. This feels like a game that, you know, they're going to send Joe and Troy there. Feels like it. I don't know. You're the expert, Greg. You know this stuff. Uh, but it feels like, oh, let's get Troy and Big D. And in Troy December. lives like five minutes away from here. Yeah, and Troy can give his, like, you know, nice spin on the NFL from his old uh, haunting grounds. Yeah, and the Cowboys are stomping the most highly rated. You know, they're in, involved in like nine of the most highly rated ten games of the year. Just makes sense. Anyway, Greg, uh, Cowboys gunning for five straight. Uh, you think the the Eagles are going to shake up the NFC East once more? I don't. Neither do I. I think the, the Cowboys are a better team. I I don't count the Eagles out just because of the style that the Cowboys play. I, I invites close games. I don't think their offense has made massive strides over the last month, but their defense has. I mean, and there was nothing. I was so amazed by that performance. I had to go back and watch it. And there, like, there's nothing magical about it. This is Rod Marinelli's vision come to life, which is not a fancy. It's not an offense where you're going to beat the opponent with scheme. You're going to do it with fundamentals. You're going to do it with filling gaps, with tackling, with all 11 guys like flying to the ball. It wasn't just Leighton Vander Esch. Although there was one play that was amazing where it was a total busted coverage. He knew it before the snap. He was trying to tell his his teammates. No one knew. And so he just filled the gap on the other side of the field by himself. I mean, Alvin Kamara could not get to the outside against this guy. He's incredible. But it was all 11 guys. Noah Brown had a great game. Byron Jones had a great game. Demarcus Lawrence uh, ate Ryan Ramchek for lunch. That's a potential all-pro. He wasn't picking on the other side of the tackle. So it's Everyone playing well, and I, I just can't believe that they're going to give up more than 16 points to this lackluster Eagles offense, and I feel like the Cowboys will find a way. How are we play. feeling about Rod Marinelli as assistant coach of the year honoree? Hmm. Well, I heard on the broadcast last week that Chris Richard is the one who actually calls the defensive plays. On the broadcast, Erica's podcast? That feels a bit <laughs> on the actual the NFL oh, broadcast say. of the game. And he is getting, he is getting some, uh, some love, absolutely. So that, that's a good... Well, so I think the answer is Rod Marinelli is not even in the running. Not even close. You, but, you but, it's not you, even be but here's the thing. You've watched this defense for seven years. They kind of play the same way every year. And this is what he's counting on. You're counting on good, like great players to kind of play free. And it doesn't look like Sean Lee's going to be back for this game. But I don't think they need him. Uh, well, I think the Eagles' offense, there's some real improvement there with Josh Adams and Golden Tate had his best game by far. Yep, that's like I don't know about Camus Grugier's Hill's defense. <laughs> and I don't know who this guy is to be calling Ezekiel Elliott and Demarcus Lawrence and Jalen Smith chokers. Right. So, well, you know what? Camus Grugier Hill, I'm blocking it up. Cowboys win. Take that.
Nice lockup. I was thinking about the Cowboys as well, and now I feel even better about it because then I can't make up a game. I got to make up a game on you. Mm-hmm. I looked at this and I was like, I was thinking all three of you guys might lock this game up. It feels well, good. Well, Mark was saying he likes the Eagles in this game. I, I almost locked the Eagles, not because I think they're better. I just think that this is how the season works out sometimes. And sure. There's no reason the Eagles couldn't win like a 17 to 16 type game. They, they haven't put together the complete performance yet. And I guess as someone, and maybe I'm almost acting like a fan here because I, I want the Eagles to be good. And I've been so, I've been frustrated watching it week after waiting for that complete performance. Even from the offense last week, that was a little disappointing what they and the did week against before. Washington. I know they came out in the second half, but I have not seen a complete game during this two games. But if you, if you, even close. if you did want to make the argument for them, you know, the weakness is absolutely in the secondary, which is still really banged up really in the back seven and and do the Cowboys have the mindset and the and the talent to take advantage of that well sometimes the secondary affects the run game when you blow assignments and then Adrian Peterson goes for 90 yards mm. this would be an epic lockup I'm very tempted but I think that there'll be an epic lockup down the line Mm, very exciting. <laughs> nice, nice, nice tease, bro. Tease nice tease to like four weeks from Ooh, now. Hey now. That's a broadcaster. Uh, let's move on. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-4-1, and one, uh, licking their wounds a little bit uh, after two straight losses, including that uh, a meltdown, unprecedented meltdown in the history of that team in the second half. I think they had won – like 242 straight uh, games insane stuff. when they were up by the amount of points they were against 16, the Chargers, yeah. 16, and, uh, and the Chargers came back and got them. Well, here's a nice recipe uh, to get healthy. Uh, go, well, you got to fly across the country, and Pittsburgh doesn't travel well. It's one of those weird stats. But still, Mark, it's the Raiders, and they stink. Oh, I mean, th- there would be, be no excuse for Pittsburgh to lose this. No and James Conner. That's not an excuse. This is a Raiders <laughs> defense that's given up 42, 40, and 34 points twice over the past five or six weeks. Derek Carr is getting killed. They they put they did some okay stuff against the Chiefs, but they also can't get out of their own way. We talked about the three fumbles by three different running backs, which was a killer in that game. I still never felt for any minute that they were going to have any chance to beat Kansas City. So the Steelers get right in a messy, sexy bloodbath <laughs> in Oakland. <laughs> You love those blowouts. That was yeah. I like a nice gigantic blowout here. Like a nice I don't know if that you're going to get that, but something like 35 to 3. That was one of my favorite like, like a Nick Mullins reprisal type act. Favorite Showtime, you know, originals back in the the early <laughs> 90s, sexy messy bloodbath. <laughs> Bring it on. Any other thoughts about this game, gentlemen? Jalen Samuels, who had more catches than carries in college, is expected to start at running back with Stephen Ridley in the mix. Evan Silva from Roto World compared Jalen Samuels to Marcel Reese, the former mm. Raiders like fullback slash H back. Mark Davis once called the one player that they were building around the franchise building block. I'm not worried you about had a problem with that. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not worried about the Steelers at all. They're still really good up front on both sides. Both of the last two games have been a little fluky in in what's happened. Uh, I will say that Doug Martin and even Jalen Richard too. It's, it's like my guilty pleasure right now is watching old Dougie. I've always liked Doug really? Martin. I think Doug he's running kind of well. Mm. I'm a, I don't know. I'm always biased. I like his style and everything. He's run pretty well the last couple of weeks, hey. Dougie Martin. And John Gruden says he wants him back next year. We so. all have our fetishes, Greg. Enjoy, and these Raiders fans. Two losses have killed the Steelers who are trying to get um, a bye in a home game. they got to win out <laughs> to get to 11-4 and four and get help. And they can help themselves a little bit if they can beat the Patriots. Uh, but even even if they went out, eleven and four and eleven four and one might not be good enough with the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Pats all ahead and the of Texans, them. yeah, and the Texans, excuse me. So uh, we'll see 
how that plays out, but they should get to 8-4-1. and one. Let's move on. The Rams, they've lost just once this season. They're 11-1, and one, uh, and this gentleman, oh, this is good. This is Sunday Night Football, Chris Wessling. This is the 2017 team of ATL against the 2018 team of ATL. And on top of it all, Mitch Trubisky, and not a moment too soon, Wes, is going to be back on the field for the Bears. Oh, you said that right because – they need him. You had to throw out last week's game for evaluation purposes. Chase Daniels' offense looked like Matt Castle. The defense had had no respect for anything going on beyond 10 yards whatsoever. He, he can't really do much other than the wheel route to Tariq Cohen. Uh, you get Trubisky back, and that opens up the whole field. He is one of the most aggressive downfield throwers this year. His running is a lot better than Chase Daniel. This is a good matchup, and Jared Goff coming off his worst game of the season now facing an even better defense. Is there any concern about Goff and the Rams' offense? That was one of the more mystifying, uh, certainly well, by this like team, performances. Uh, you know, once I once I got a chance to see it, I by mentioned the Rams that on also. Sunday night, and I can and I and I think it probably understandably wasn't taken too seriously because of the final score too. But they really did get to Goff in the first half. Then the the, it, the wheels fell off the Lions' defense in the fourth quarter. There. Hmm. Well, I. It's not like this is a theme for the last few no. games or something. It's just a one-game thing. Right. So, I no, until I see it happen more than once. It was just interesting it. kind of coming off a bye. I thought they'd, they'd play well. They also didn't – who knows? They've tried different strategies in terms of not practicing practically at all for two straight weeks. Maybe that hurt them. Who knows? That is an interesting strategy. I mean, yeah, they didn't they didn't practice during the whole bye and then leading up to the Lions game nearly as much as like a, a most Did they teams, watch film or – Yeah, they were, they were meeting and doing all that stuff, but – They've had a lot of different ideas, and for the most part, you know, it's worked. But this is, I mean, this is as good an 11-on-11 matchup as you can have because the Rams barely substitute. The Bears barely substitute. They have guys who just know what they're doing and play the Bears' defense and the Rams' offense about as well cohesively as a group as any, and they're going to be going up against each other. we got to start this podcast early so we can watch this thing. Mm, good choice. <laughs> I think that's a that, good uh, idea. That Dante Fowler trade is starting to look good for the Rams. I thought he had the best game of his career last week. A sack, two stuffs, two tackles for loss. I mean, this guy was all over the line of scrimmage. Mm. I think you need the Rams to play, and their their offensive line has been really great this year. The game of the year, and then they'll take care of business. Any other thoughts on this matchup? Let's pick this game. Mm. Mark? Rams in a nail-biter, I think like a – 25 to 22 type game. Wow. Yeah, I I hate picking against the team of ATL, but I have picked the Rams every time I've been asked to pick a Rams game this year and I'm going to continue mm. that. I just trust our coaching staff. You're 11 and 1. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a close game. I think we're all on the same page on this and I think the Rams are going to rip out Chicago's heart with Ooh. a touchdown at the end. Uh let's call it 28-24. Yeah, like I I wasn't even I wasn't even sure, and and listening to listening to you guys do it, it's tough that we don't actually believe in the team of ATL here. Sure, we do at the home. Well, at the down, home, calm down, calm down. I believe in them as a team. I to yeah, me, this is, this is the this Super is the Bowl best. favorite they're right. against. Mm. And I hate, I, I hate to do it, but I do think they're that the a Super Bowl team in Los Angeles. And even though like my uncle, Doctor Irv Miller, is going to be there, you know, rooting on the Bears, there's another doctor in session. It's Doctor Rainmaker <laughs> going for the Rams. What are we up to now? We gotta make an odd number. You got me thinking. Who who needs one and one? You gotta have a win. win 
All right. Oh, yeah. I mean, one would also suffice. That would be one. He's just trying to guarantee at least one win. So now you three. No, I'm feeling it. He's feeling the heat. I'm loving it. I feel good. It's like a long process. It's kind of. It is a long process. If you're if you're gonna (laughs) if you're gonna jump on board. It's eaten up it's about so 14 minutes of this episode, which is bloating its way towards like 89 <laughs> minutes at this point. Uh, that's not far <laughs> off. Uh, by the way, one of my favorite uh, passages in this week's uh, research notes that we get handed out internally is a section uh, titled Tariq on Fleek. Nice. Tariq Cohen, who's uh, who the is guy to keep an eye on. Factually on Fleek. Like, well, yeah, when I think like who's really on top of, you know, trends in terms of like being young and cool, it's our research department. <laughs> Wow, to, I didn't see that shot coming. Way to jump on fleek. Whoa. Ouch. Time. All right, finally, Monday Night Football. Sorry. Friendly leave, fire. leave the research department I mean, out of this. You kid, you kid who you love. You know, Jeff Greenholtz listens to our show religiously. We love you, Jeff. Yeah, used to until Let's that cut moment. this off as a video. We'll send it out from the NFL's account and see how this goes. And sorry, Jeff. Jeff did not come up with the on fleek line. I can tell you that. That's probably true. Yeah. But you know what I say. It's like if you burn all your bridges, no one can touch you. No, you also can't. <laughs> you can't you get said? anywhere either. You also, you know, you're stuck. Yeah, you're Why stuck. Why did you say we just, know you say that? Made, I've never heard that I before. I just made it up. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's fitting. Though. Oh, All right. Finally, All right. the the Vikings six five and one. Couldn't they just didn't step up to the plate against? That, that simple as that. That's how I break that down. That Sunday night game was a big stage for that Vikings team, and they didn't get it done. They lose twenty four ten. Now they travel to Seattle, and and this is a tough ask. It's a tough ask, Greg, for the Vikings who entered the season with a lot uh, a lot of optimism and the belief that they had the quarterback and they had the rest of the team to get over the hump. Well, if you don't win this game, you're in a little bit of trouble. You you are in in. For a team that had Super Bowl hopes, you have to kind of look in the mirror and really understand that you've made no progress throughout the year. You've looked like a eight and eight type of team for the most part, and that it's not headed in the right direction. Because last week in New England, they got out schemed. They turned Kirk Cousins into a checkdown uh, master, and you're going up to Seattle. At least he was a master. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, four or five <laughs> yards, yeah. and you're going up to Seattle. It's not a great defense, but I actually think they could have some trouble with the Seahawks offense. Right now, the Seahawks offense, to me, is better than the Seahawks defense. So you can flip whatever you thought about this team coming into the year. They're an efficient team on offense that can make big plays. That's just got a defense that's okay. They really miss K.J. Wright. They will get Michael Kendricks back this week, back from insider trading. Wait, that's never I thought been he was said. in jail for like 30 years. <laughs> no, uh, Someone's got to update baby. me on this story. I don't know. Did he he's go dead. to jail and he's out? Or I don't he think he ever went yet. to jail. He got him. He got a prison sentence, like a a, a sturdy prison. Well, sentence. Well, no, this was just didn't an NFL get, suspension. I think it got suspended got or whatever. Down, didn't NFL it, you know? suspension. I mean, I hope that's the case. I I, I think always that thought it, takes it was a little, little weird when these guys get buried for the the insider trading. I get that it it's messing with the the financial system of our country and it's very tricky business. But it's like a guy cheats on his taxes and then he gets sent to the pokey for like fourteen years and it's like, oh, let's calm down a little bit. Come I mean, back to us, justice system. I like the idea that you think that the justice system wrapped this case up in like 10 days before he was assessed. I mean, it's going to take like months no, he and months was, of boring stories. No, he was guilty though. I mean, that was why That's they suspended him. He pled guilty and I we're, we're not aware of the details. I mean, yeah, we are wading into territory. We I could find out, but clearly he's not in jail. About, so. He's going to be on the field and they need him because I'm not certain of they that. got a little too much Austin Kalitra. They got a little too much county on Bobby Wagner to do everything. I do think they're vulnerable if they played a good offense. I don't think the Vikings I, are that often. I do know nothing about financial district and insider trading business, but I do know something, that the Vikings, you run out of time to tell us 
that you're something more than you are. You're about to go 6-6-1, six, six, and one, which is fitting because that's the record that you own because the Seattle Seahawks are going to lock it up for me. Very nice. It allows you to duck out of the Sunday business as well. That is my like new trend. Do. Yes. Um, a, a little update on Kendricks. <laughs> He's facing up to 25 years in prison, but he will most likely – this from – this came from uh, Adam Schefter. More likely to serve 30 to 37 months, uh, but he's not being sentenced till January. So he's going to the slammer. Uh, well, my analysis was totally wrong. It, it's just a matter of time. Next month, he's going to prison for two to three years. Greg, I know you were on... On uh, the other side of the field from his brother this week, Eric Kendricks. I know you were on the, the broadcast last night. I'm sure Wes and Dan will be soon. What, the, the show? The, like a, the a game? An Erica game? and Emma. The broadcast the podcast. Erica and Emma podcast. Oh, the broadcast okay. I, I, you listened to the one that I was on, I believe, or you did not. Who knows? You can pretend you did. But which episode do you think went better? Which episode was more entertaining to the listener? I would say you your, yours. I would always take you as like a – you're kind of that guest that everyone wants. I have you know, not – You're like the I, Norm MacDonald of podcasts. I'm not. Yes, you're going to come in. You're going to be a little out of left field. You're going to bring your own little temperature. It's going to be great. Yeah, Mark changes the temperature of the room when he walks That was out. a very organic question that I came up with on my own. Well, let's ask Erica. <laughs> Erica, what, who who did better? Just be honest. Be totally honest. They won't um, get mad. I mean, it's not a it's not a it's not a judging yeah, thing. There, who did better? You'll who have to listen and let me know. Who Will you, you think tell me after better. the show? Yeah, privately? Sure. Dan yeah. Dan would rather you know go see like the latest period drama than listen to either one of those. <laughs> I texted Please. Dan to ask him if he wanted to come on, and he just ghosted. He didn't even text me back. That was a mistake, I, and I'm sorry about that. And I apologize for that, and I don't think that was fair for you to bring that up again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. This is a ridiculously long show. Um, great stuff, though. I know how we could shorten it. People love it. <laughs> and uh, Wes. Oh, yeah, like that's the only little added fat in <laughs> I'm this kidding, show. Greg. I love your 25-minute-plus segment that's, <laughs> that's, that's started to balloon like, the episodes. It's into like 20 seconds things. each. You know. I, I like that you thought I was the one you had to worry about with the rain. Yeah, that's true. This is Dan Hanson signing off. What call. were you going to ask? A quiet start. I'm out of time. All right. The mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Closest to West, me, wedding day. Nonsense. Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.